I've been rocking the pebble nonstop now. I finally got it back going. My pebble's <laughs> over here. Maybe. I neglected to wear it for for months, and then I'm finally back on the grind. Hey, it's always good to have a pebble. It's held time and ugh. everything else you need it. Yeah. You know, at work, I listen to music on my phone, just my phone speaker. And when the boss is coming over, I'm just like, music control. And he has no idea that I was listening. He'll never know. They'll never know. It's so discreet. And I can, I have the short button shortcuts set, you know? You like the hold down? Yeah. Different stuff? Nice. Yeah, and I have it memorized. Well, welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Oh, we're recording. We're Look recording. That. Yeah, snuck it by you. We are back after a little hiatus of the summer travel sickness. Basically, all packed and in, condensed into two in a span of two weeks, right? The two weeks, uh, we were not not in the best recording position. But hey, we're back now. We're in the best recording position right now in in our makeshift in our, studio. In our makeshift studio, the best studio of all studios. And well, we have topics for you. And today we're gonna get deep. We're going to go a little environmentalist, and we're going to talk about the problem in the ocean right now. Oh, the okay. Pl- I'm, the I'm all about that. The plastic sea. Uh, the plastic sea is, in the Pacific, it's just this giant pile of trash that just floats around. They call it an island, right? Yeah, it's almost the size of Texas. Wow. And this plastic is just, well, killing the ocean. If you think of the Pacific, you have the whole California coast, but then you have the coast of Japan, the coast of China, the and then you have the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Now, plastic is killing the ocean. And think of it, sea, seagulls may eat fish that have eaten plastic, and the plastic stays in their system, therefore they can't eat more because their stomach's full of plastic. Sea turtles are the big one right now that I keep on hearing about. Sea turtles eat plastic bags because they think they look like jellyfish. Mm. And... There's a big old viral video of a sea turtle with a plastic straw in its nose. Yeah, you know, straws are the most recent thing. Reducing straws, going strawless. Straws are apparently terrible. And I guess it's no wonder when you see a sea turtle swimming with a straw in its its mouth, was it? Yeah, it was in its nose. In its nose, I was going to do a topic just on straws itself. Yeah, okay. But I want to make it a little bit more broader and talk about just how we can fix this plastic problem in our world, in our oceans. So, well, the first thing we can do is, why don't we just say no to straws? Straws are used every day. 500 million straws are used. And think of that. Think of how long a span that would be. Each straw is about a foot. And it just covered miles and miles of this earth. Now, most of them end up in the trash but if they don't end up in the trash they go down the storm drains and ran into the ocean and plastic straws never go away no ever because it's plastic they're plastic they're made out of fossil fuels and they just never biodegrade once it's made it's just there forever now how can we do our best to help well you can just say no to a straw you know it doesn't it's not that hard to drink beverages without a straw my dad's one man who refuses to use straws just because he thinks they're silly, you know, a little drinking apparatus, you know. They and are a little silly. I never understood that, but then I, I can picture it. It's not that hard just to lift a glass up to your mouth, you know. I understand for sanitary reasons maybe, but you know what? It's it's kind of ridiculous, a little little piece it's of plastic. Little, it is a little ridiculous, and you know, all you need is to just hold the glass, lift it up, and drink it from there. 
Yeah, so what does a straw save you? Like a couple inches when it's straw above the... Straw just saves you some distance. Save you some distance. I mean, bendy straws, maybe you get a different angle. But no, it's not worth the trade-off. Now, I understand people who are handicapped and who don't have the ability to use plastic straws. I understand why they would need... I mean, would they would not be able to use it without a straw. I understand why they would need to use a straw. Absolutely. It's a, a tool. It is a tool, and as most tools, they are used to improve life. But we need to find an alternative that is not plastic straws. Do you have alternatives? There are alternatives. So some varieties of straws are straws made out of bamboo, straws made out of stainless steel. I have glass. I have a stainless steel straw at home. We have a stainless steel glass here as well. And paper as well. Paper straws are a thing, and all these can either be reused multiple times or they can just biodegrade like bamboo and paper. Now, I have seen things for paper straws. I have used paper straws before, and they're not the best, but it's an alternative. And they do the, they do the job to some extent, right? And you can always just say no to the straw. You don't need to have the straw. Though, stainless steel straws are pretty slick. And um, you can get glass straws now that are like pyrite, like very strong glass that you yeah, use yeah. for measuring cups. And those are actually, it's not a new tech, but it's the revival of an old tech. So I, do you think we can form a, uh, like a, it'll be a trend? I mean, the reusable water bottles was a trend or is kind of a trendy thing to bring around, reusable rather than plastic bottles. Can we do that with straws? Right now, I think there's a big push because of the internet it's always that once something hits the news that you see that's enough to start shifting people like if you think of well straws right now i was doing research on this and i found the video of the sea turtle which is by an australian conservation uh company and they it's just a seven minute video of a sea turtle struggling with a straw in its nose and then rescued taking the straw out but that video has 24 million views. Yeah, and it rips people's hearts to shreds when they see a little animal. So now you see a bunch of different videos. There was a nine-year-old girl doing a TED Talk talking about how she converted her school in Australia to no longer use straws. And she spread the word to across Australia and even to Korea and Japan. Wow. In the U.S. and Canada, it's just like everybody's helping. BuzzFeed did a video, and BuzzFeed always gets a lot of traffic. It's Now that it's hitting a more wider eye, that's why people are start starting to now attack. Let's get rid of straws. That's Yeah, that's an example of a basic thing, straws that can be eliminated to reduce plastic waste, you know, a non-renewable resource waste. That's like a very simple thing. Just don't use a straw. I mean, the next we could see... You know, plastic bags is already something huge, but um, what's another plastic thing that we use every day? I don't know. I mean, plastic bags and plastic straws, I think, are two culprits. The biggest ones, And yeah. then the other thing is food containers. Yeah, absolutely. And styrofoam-type oil-based containers. Yeah, anything that, like, some things are hard to get rid of, but, you know, egg cartons are recyclable things, which is great, but you might have things like... Your, um, if you go to a deli or a store or a grocery store and you go and you buy something that they have on display, they'll put it in a plastic container and then you don't save that container, you toss it. Yeah. And it's things like that. And now you see 
companies trying to work on being more conscious. Like the one company I think of, Snapple actually changed away from glass bottles because they weren't being recycled enough. Really? Yeah. Where, where did they um, shift to? They shift to a really hard plastic. Okay. Which is interesting. They went from glass to plastic, but it's another conscious thing that maybe people will be more likely to recycle. And it's a more controllable thing. I'm sure they have uh, people working for them that predict the amount of people who recycle based on material, kind of material scientists, because it is like a mental thing. I, I'm trying to think about would I rather recycle gla- a glass bottle or like a hard plastic one? I feel like it would be glass, but you just said the opposite. I don't know. I, I don't understand. Recycle glass. I also like saving those bottles because they're they're a reusable thing. Yeah, absolutely. You can repurpose them. You, all you need is a lid and a container to hold liquid, and that's hey, that's a new glass for you. But everybody can do their part. Be active. If you don't need a straw, say no. You're at a restaurant; they give you a big, tall glass of water. You don't need a straw. And sometimes, you know, just find the little things are the things that are going to make the world a better place. Absolutely. Just being out in California, all the restaurants we've gone strawless. Yeah. It's like they're advertising and everyone's, you know, I've heard cases of uh, people in restaurants saying, why'd you give us straws? Like freaking out, you know? And I'm, gl- I'm glad that people are re- realizing this, seeing it and, and acting to change. Companies going uh, plastic bagless. Yeah. Like bring your own bags. So, hey, maybe in the next couple of years, we're going to see a better earth. I hope so. You know, also in California, they charge on plastic bags at the grocery store. They also pay people to recycle. If you look really? on, um, if you look on bottles and cans, you'll see a little thing near the barcode, and the recycling that will say CA ten cents or yeah. You know, I have seen things. that. I've seen that for a while. Is that actually a, a value you could receive based on recycling? I believe it is. I don't live in a state that does that. But I'm sure we'd have to find out. But I think I think it is. You know, I'm into collecting change, so who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe I should start collecting my trash and adding up the labels. Hey, and it's all in the good, like the good deeds of recycle. Yeah, good deeds of recycling, but, saving the environment, saving wildlife. Because hey, when you when you said killing the ocean, we mean killing the ecosystem. We have animals, to save the animals. Everything. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my story on the plastic sea. Matt, after your hiatus, last episode we had me here, but now we have you back. So what do you have for us today? We're going to take a, uh, a little space trip up into up into the outer rims of space. Cold, dark space. Space, the final frontier. But here's the question. Is space really cold? The sun is so, so hot, and we're so hot on Earth. There are different climates on Earth. What is in between? What is it cold? Is it the cold depths of space, or are there pockets of heat? What is the actual temperature of space? I can imagine it's not it's not zero, absolute zero, because then nothing... That's when molecules are, are not moving. There's yeah. no movement, absolute zero. But it's cold. It's not warm, I think. This was, a, this was a question by my buddy Sean, and actually the question is a false question because space itself, I mean, yes, you can argue space is something because there's, there's different things in space, but the real question is, what is the temperature of an object in space? Right. Because 
when we're looking at temperature, temperature is the degree or intensity of heat present in a substance or object, especially as expressed according to a comparative scale and shown by a thermometer or perceived touch. So it has to be an object in space. And as we all know, space is, they call it a vacuum. There are gases floating around up there, but for the most part, we know it as, as a vacuum. So there's nothing to hold heat. Right, there's no pressure. There's, there's nothing... Because I don't want to step too far in, but from what I know is temperature comes from the the speed of molecules like vibrating in the Absolutely, air. yeah. It's it's the the um, agitation of molecules. Right. And if there's no say. molecules, there's no heat. That's the same reason there's no sound in space. There's nothing to carry the sound. Exactly, exactly. So that's why people think of it as a as a cold dark vacuum. But there are a lot of things in space, such as little atmospheres, you know, you have planets, you have moons that can conduct heat. That's why there's frozen water on so many different moons and, and planets out there, because there is temperature being transferred within those kind of atmospheres. And a good example I like to point out is uh, an astronaut in a spacesuit. You know why they make very fancy spacesuits? NASA makes them because astronauts would burn up or freeze based on where they are relative to the sun. So these suits are specifically engineered to protect them because on the front side, I'll get I'll get to the reasoning why, on the front side of the suit, if they're exposed to the sun, if they didn't have any protective barrier or cooling devices, they'd burn up instantly. The sun rays would be so hot. But on the back side, in the shade of the sun, it's frigid cold because there's nothing there. So Interesting, like, right? It's really two sides of a coin. No two sides right. of a coin, literally. So now to understand this, we have to look at the, th the three ways heat can be transferred. Do you know them off the top of your head? Do you remember some, from some uh, uh, high school science? Conduction, convection, and something else, right? Think of a microwave kind of. <laughs> oh, radiation. Radiation, yeah, okay. exactly. So convection, similar to an oven, whereas um, there is a body of air moving around in an oven, like a convection oven, transferring the heat. Conduction, think of a uh, pot on a, on a burner, the heat transferring through the materials into the other material, thus transferring to the water, boiling it. That's conduction. And then radiation. Um, radiation is through um, waves, microscopic waves. So only one of those works in space. And can you guess? Uh, I think it's uh, radiation. Radiation, course. yeah, exactly. So we have the, the waves. So that's why it's all about exposure in space. So if you're not exposed to the rays, those those radiation rays, those UVA, BC, everything going on, you're not going to experience anything. So that's why these the astronaut suits are designed to block that. So they're really pumping. They're crazy, intricate systems of ventilation, tubing, or heating. So it's a it's a pretty advanced suit to protect it. It's no. Uh afternoon jogger it's a hardcore piece of technology exactly so when you're looking at other objects in space you're wondering what are their temperatures so you mentioned absolute zero which is when molecules are, are there's no agitation at all no vibrancy that's not possible in in the universe at the coldest depths of space um they're about i think i believe they said four degrees above absolute zero which so is not absolute zero. Not There is still movement. So absolute zero is absolute zero, but we're above that. So there's still movement out there, but that's very far out. No, no, um, let's see, no exposure to light. And that's, that's the only reason it can be cold. Whereas if there's light and there's molecules, oxygen, whatever in your atmosphere, in your spacesuit, on your 
you know, metal spaceship canister, that can experience temperature. So does that answer the question of how cold or hot is space? It depends on what's in it. Yeah, it depends. It's relative. Essentially, it's a false question. You can't say space is this cold because space isn't one thing. It's a bunch of things collectively. Yeah, and space itself is nothing physical. I thought this was really interesting. And, and Bill Nye, are you familiar with Bill oh, Nye? I am the familiar science guy? with the science guy. He got attacked for this online. He did a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, and they asked him how cold is space. And he was he explained that it was like frigid cold and all this false information and people ripped them to shreds because it was such a hotly debated topic. And I was, I was reading into it. That's how I first found it. I saw a Bill Nye article. I was like, okay, what's this, what's this guy saying about space? And I was like, well, a lot of people don't understand that, that space really isn't the thing that, that holds temperature. So we all can learn something, even Bill Nye. Well, want to throw a fun fact in there. Uh, the coldest recorded temperature is actually not in space. It's on Earth. Really? In a lab, we got point, I believe it's point, like, zero two degrees Kelvin. Really? Yes. There's just people out there trying to create a supercomputer because, in a sense, once you, once you start getting really cold, you start getting into quantum mechanics, which is a whole nother podcast. Whole nother podcast. <laughs> But pretty much, like, once molecules start slowing down so slow, they start acting differently. As in, like, just real quick. The the coolest thing that when I learned about this, I was like, I need to know more, is temperatures can get so cold that once you start getting close to negative kel- zero Kelvin, the closer you are, the molecules actually act in different ways in a sense of quantum mechanics that molecules will start to resonate in different positions in space. So in a sense, they will start to teleport between two positions. So we're talking quantum mechanics, time travel, essentially kind of weird manipulation of, of the timeline as we know it. The, the manipulation of time and space relative to an object. Yeah, rel- it's all relative. Due yeah. to a cold, 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 cold time. If you can get something so, so slow on a molecular level to predict movement, that's pretty crazy. How, how do they do it? That's what I want to know. I'm, I'm automatically asking, how do they make something so, so cold other than, you know, we know liquid nitrogen is cold, but that that's not going to get you at absolute zero. I think it's a lot, a lot. It's a, a chemical process science. probably, right? It's a lot of chemicals. It's a lot of Probably lasers. Lots of lasers. Lots of a lot of things. But who knows? Maybe. You know, I'd like to revisit absolute zero and describe what it is. Oh, we could spend a whole day on that. We yeah. Could. And how it would affect the universe. Uh, a little talk about quantum mechanics and absolute zero. The quantum mechanics special. Ooh, I'm feeling it coming soon. You know, we haven't done a special in a while. We haven't done a special, but we will. We have some specials in the works. Some special specials. Yeah, I think we really need to plan something now. Yeah. But that will be a talk for off the air. But for now, I believe that's it yeah. for this week's episode. We hope you learned, learned a little bit, uh, changed a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully you uh, change your ways a little bit and you're... You want to be a better human on earth and maybe you want to go chill in the cold seas the cold seas or the hot suns of space yeah always chilling on the cold side of the moon. when you're vacation to the when you're in a hot part of space don't be drinking your beverage with a straw that's no it's not not the way to do it but that's it for two top this week and we'll see you guys next time for another two topics bye This was Two Top. 
an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two